BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit valottery.com. Trigger warning for child abuse and sexual violence. Someplace underneath. You look lovely. Do you have a big plan today? No, I look lovely because I've been rotting in my bed. Mm, Sometimes you just got to put a dress on. That's right. And yesterday I actually put a nice dress on. I had nowhere to go. And I was like, I just want to feel something. So I put on a nice outfit and then just like walked around like a crazy woman. No, that's not crazy at all. I love getting dressed up. And that's one of the things that's been funny about Akatar. I've just been having excuses to buy random prom dresses because I'm dressing up like the characters. And I love I just it. put a gown on. Yeah, it Why makes not? you feel better. It's fun. And I'm like looking at shoes and fashion and stuff. The world is exploding around me and I'm just like, look at these shoes, guys. You can't <laughs> fix the whole world every no, day. No, I can't. And you know what I've decided, Natalie? I'm going to turn my brain off sometimes. Sometimes I'm going to be like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Look at these shoes. It's much sexier anyway. <laughs> I think so. Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited to go to uh, Universal in a little bit. Yeah, gonna see the new Mario World. Fun. Can't wait for that. Do That's have- my reward for finishing this episode. Good today. for you. <laughs> Do they have like the go karts like Mario does? They have Mario Kart trackless ride that I'm very thrilled to check out. You love all that physical stuff. Well, I love I do love physical stuff, but I love uh, dark rides more than most other things in the world. Dark rides. Oh, yeah. Um, I know. You're not a theme park person. Yeah, I don't know. So it's all foreign to you. But your your co-host of The Brighter Side is my my theme park friend who yeah. will always try to force everybody to go with us. <laughs> and I'll be like, thanks for the invite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to stay home. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. But we're going talking about dusty buttons. We are where there's no smiles. <laughs> She's a very non-smiley person. Um, That's a red flag also. You gotta laugh. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned this last episode, but when I did see her in person that one time, she looked so sullen. Oh. And and I remember thinking that at the time, but having no understanding of what was going on mm-hmm. and just being like, wow, she seems like moody Ugh. for like a, you know, a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, yeah, she doesn't smile. And I did actually find a video of her doing smiles for an uh, an interview. And it was a little 
ghastly. Oh, really? Like uh, like crazy teeth, crazy eyes? Um, not the eyes didn't. The, it, the smile didn't go to the eyes. Oh, I you know see. I mean? Like a dead face? Yeah. I have yeah. some pictures pulled up um, in this episode of her husband, too, because, man, did he really succeed at erasing himself from the Internet. But I found a couple, and every time I see his face, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, something's wrong with his face. Like, yeah. Not like, oh, he's ugly. I mean, as in... His eyes are so haunting. I mean, that like your first impressions of people, and I know this might sound bad, but like if you're like, oh, something's wrong, there probably is. Yeah. And I do remember when I used to see his old social media, it was somebody who I just maybe could have brushed off as being, oh, I don't, I probably wouldn't like this person. But I didn't like, I didn't feel um, good feelings when I saw his old button build. I know how you feel about car rebuilds. God. We all learned. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this whole, this is a station wagon here. Oh, yeah, you can fit some Diet Coke in the trunk. <laughs> I don't is that... <laughs> That's the <laughs> that I come on. That would be incredible if they outfitted a station wagon to have more room for soda. <laughs> That's fun. Like pimp my ride, but yeah. just for fucking soda. All I right. love it. I love a station wagon. The backward seats. Come on. Sure. <laughs> I don't drive. I don't. Have I'm a not going to turn you. I know you don't even like driving. So no, I didn't like it at all. I decorating that, cars is very insulting to you. I think so. <laughs> cars are like they're like shitty girlfriends. They know when you get a paycheck and they're like, "Give it to me." Yeah. I'm going to break down on the side of the road because yeah. you got fifty dollars today. Cause I want it. <laughs> I, I know. You're right. I, you know, you are not wrong about that <laughs> um so okay so we last time we we discussed some of dusty's background in that the first open accuser of the couple her name's sage humphreys and we talked about a bit about her but as we spoke of last time while i am not clearing dusty of her participation she's very much also at fault here it seems pretty likely that her husband taylor mitchell more button butthole whatever his name <laughs> is was the instigator not that the wife can't be the instigator but as Sage came forward with her accusations and ultimately this suit, other women reached out to Humphreys and ultimately some joined in on this said lawsuit. Mm. Despite the couple's wild and unfounded claims that these women are all after money, <laughs> uh, that they themselves admit that they have none left of, they are broke, which I actually also don't fully believe because I don't trust that guy, but... Allegedly, yeah. my opinion. Um, they don't. If it was a money grab, what? Why would they go after a couple who has limited funds? Yeah, like, go after Bill Gates. Yeah, like, what, they would be so dumb to do for dancers. Like they're not the wealthiest people, right? If if it was really a money grab, why wouldn't Sage have gone after an institution? What? Why wouldn't she have tried to sue Boston Ballet? Yeah, for you know allowing this to happen under their nose or whatever. Some organization she she could claim was sheltering Dusty, but no. To me, what I'm gathering from everything I've researched so far, this is to her making a stand and letting people know who the buttons are allegedly. So why do I think that Taylor Mitchell is the instigator? Because the majority of the women who've come forward are saying that their experiences date back to over a decade ago when Mitchell Taylor was a dancer. I actually managed to find one old video of him teaching at a dance convention. I When I say he has 
evaporated himself online. It is staggering. I don't even know how he's done it. That's another red flag. If you're like on a date and you're like, so what's your Twitter? And they're like, oh, I don't have any social media. I'm like, yes, you do. You're lying to me because your little avatar is probably a bad person. You don't want me scrolling through that. Yeah. There there are so few people who have absolutely no social media. Not a Facebook, not a LinkedIn. If you don't, that's cool. However... This guy was somebody who was a public facing figure. Yeah. He was teaching at dance conventions. He was a teacher, like a very respected teacher at times. And his wife is very famous. And to have so little of yourself on the Internet is a bit of a red flag to me. Um, so I did find one video that was put up by a dance convention like 12 years ago. Jeez. So I could at least verify that he was a dance teacher physically looking at something because of all of the stuff that he did, there is no video of it anywhere. Like everybody he was associated, especially this dance uh, school where a lot of his victims came from, they have, they have, there, there is not a shred of evidence that he ever existed there. They Whoa. just like have made sure there's nothing. That's crazy. And also this girl he's next to looks young. Oh, yeah. You're pulling this up. So this is one of the only photos I could find of him. I went, dude, I went deep hours of searching on the Internet. And I could find this one photo of him from some random mom's Facebook that has her daughter standing next to him at a convention. Look at his weird eyes. Do she you not look, do you yeah. not see something weird there? He he looks like um like nothing's behind them. The girl looks kind of scared. She looks like she's about 14-ish and she looks a little scared. And and this picture in itself would be not unusual when kids go to these conventions. They take pictures with every teacher they take class with. And yeah. It's very exciting. So she could have just been nervous because it was a teacher and she was a kid. Yeah. But knowing what I know, I'm grossed out that he's touching her shoulder. Yeah, he's like leaning into her. If I didn't know this, I would think it was like a father daughter. Like or, if you just like showed a close, me a picture. Or like a, a close relative or a close somebody maybe that was her dance teacher full time. This is somebody she took one dance class with, if that makes sense. Like she doesn't know this man. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I did find this one video and it's clear to me. That he has actual dance training, Mm -hmm. um, that it wasn't like he was just a guy who somehow weaseled his way into the dance scene and just made it up. Like somebody trained him somewhere and nobody will take credit for it. And I still not even sure if he was a dance kid, because a lot of times when this is a, a sweeping statement, it's not always true. But a lot of times when straight guys become dancers, it's because they had a parent as a teacher and so it became they didn't have the stigma that a lot of kid boys won't start dance because right. of being called like gay and everything um so sometimes when the guys are straight it's because they grew up it being a normal thing to dance and so they just do it anyway despite the stigma because mm-hmm. a lot of straight guys would like to dance i will say and that. they should more straight men should dance and frolic i know i agree it would make them probably feel a lot better so my question when i'm like Going through all of this is, first off, how did he and Dusty meet? How did he win her over? What did he do? Was there a part of her that always wanted to do these horrible things and she kind of leaned in? Or did Mm. he completely railroad her and and 
make her so tied into what he was doing that she couldn't really leave because she kind of became complicit. Wow. I mean, these predators, they can smell it out. And sometimes I notice they like do a couple little tests. Yeah. And if you pass the test, quote unquote, they get closer and closer to you. It takes years. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, again, like I've tried every avenue I can think of to find out who his parents are. Um, and also one of the other main issues with finding his social footprint is that one, by the time some of these rumors were being spread about him between the dance parents, um, it was 2010, which is a lot earlier on in the social media lexicon. Yeah. So it was a lot easier to just erase stuff from your world in that time On your period. MySpace page. Yeah. Right. What I can say with fair certainty is that he was teaching at conventions and competitions, which means he would have taught hundreds, if not thousands, of minors. Is that where he met Dusty? Um, it seems at least a rational theory. And then my question is, did he groom Dusty? Uh was she a minor when they met? Because she was also on the dance convention circuit as a child dancer, as like yeah. a prodigy. Because she's, I want to say, six or seven years younger than him. So would they have met when she was a child and he was grooming her to be his wife? I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that these things will come forth as the trial continues on. And they are in the middle because there is like the um, – we need Mackenzie – She'll be coming in and talking to the uh, about all this stuff with us at some point because I found all these like legal docs that I do not understand, but they are docs that you can see publicly, like court records that are being updated at like by like right now, wow. like as of today, stuff's happening with the trial. Um, but just throwing it out there because he taught so many kids. If anybody out there listening to the show happened to be one of those kids, if you ever remember taking a class from him, even if it was a mundane, not like scary experience, would you reach out to us at someplace underneath at gmail.com? I'm just I'm very curious about at what time frame and how with what frequency he was teaching at conventions and um just any experience you may have had with him, whether it was just nothing or concerning. Also, one of his open victims who has been publicly speaking out works at a performing arts school that I once worked at. So I'm going to try to reach out to her. Mm. So a lot of the info I'll be speaking on today was due to the fantastic journalistic coverage of Cosmopolitan magazine. Oh, the same magazine that said put a donut on a guy's dick and you blow him off. I'm <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that article? No, but I mean, that sounds like something that would have come from Cosmo. It's funny. Um, <laughs> when was that old? Is that old? That was, I think I was in like high school or something. Because I remember being like, what? And uh, we were all joking about it. But yeah, they, they like wrote a thing. If you can put a donut on a guy's dick and blow him off and eat the donut. Did you try it? No, I was way too scared for any of that. It's not not too late. Not too late. Anybody want me to try it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we got some donuts downstairs. Oh, no. You're going to get some messages. <laughs> um, <clears throat> specifically in this article, Elizabeth M. Kiefer is the uh, the journalist. And in this article, the one – this is the one that first really, I feel like, highlighted the Buttons behavior, the one that was sort of the big breaking news article – 
of speaking to some of the, the alleged victims. And in fact, it's one of the only articles that's been written about this a whole year later. Um, three of the four women spotlighted in this article knew Mitchell Taylor Button Moore back when he was just Taylor Moore and teaching at Center Stage Dance Academy in Tampa, Florida. So this was before Dusty and before, like, I don't think any of them knew her in any way. Okay. Again, every social media profile for this studio has scrubbed even a hint of them from their presence. I've checked everywhere. Also, I do know that this studio is under new management. So the person who ran the school when he was teaching there is no longer the owner. So little is known about Taylor's background, and it certainly seems like there was no one to put a stopper on his dark impulses. But three of his victims who've come forward say that their assaults happened when Taylor Mitchell button Taylor Moore is what he called himself when Taylor Moore was teaching at center stage. And actually, a lot of his initial accusations started out in the MySpace era, even not even really it just the beginning of Facebook even. So going all the way back to like 2006. Interestingly enough, a lot of the personal info I got was from a website that Mitchell Taylor has clearly made himself. Oh, Mitchell Taylor's the best. He's a wonderful stand-up guy. He is, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's not that far off. So <laughs> it seems like this has only been launched a couple months ago. Um, and it is called Justice for the Buttons. <laughs> It's fun when you have to write that about yourself. Um, So on it, there are two 13-minute videos in which he's compiled evidence that Sage Humphreys is a liar. Ew, he's like editing all these videos at home alone. I imagine in his boxer shorts in the dark being like, that fucking bitch, that fucking bitch is going to get it to just like chain smoking in his house. Yeah, um, it's it kind of reads like that. It it seems, in my view, a little unhinged, a little um, delusional and weird. Very, very bizarre, scary. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say that. It looks it's like it looks like the always sunny meme a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah. Ugh, that's terrifying. Yeah. So before we talk more about that, um here, I just wanted to mention some of the info from the original accusers of his bad behavior back in Florida. Even though Sage Humphreys is the one who brought forth this lawsuit, their accusations date from like way before Sage's. Right. Because, you know, because dancing is very touchy. So was it just kind of innocuous or was it like, whoa? Well, no, it's pretty bad. OK, let's go. Um, and this is the thing that I, a lot of these women who've come forward said the reason that they're bringing this up, they're very scared of him still. But they want a lot of them are still in dance. And a lot of them are teachers and, and they want dancers to understand the difference between acceptable and not OK. Yeah. Um, so. The first one, uh, her name is Rosie D'Angelo, and she, since she's been outspoken, I'm using her name. Um, she said that his grooming originally happened to her around 2006 when she was in her mid-teens, and he would have been in his 20s and was her teacher. She actually regarded him as a mentor. Rosie says that he was super popular at the time, which is often the case with child groomers and and child rapist. Yeah. It gives them easier access if all the kids want to hang out with them. So a lot of times these kind of guys or women will seem like really 
cool. And just like, oh, he's so chill. He just like doesn't even, he like buys us cigarettes. Like, yeah. what a cool man. And he you know, says, like, I'm mature for my age. Yes. So, in this, in her um, description, it, it is classic grooming behavior. Uh, he starts, you know, um, singling her out in class, uh, you know, complimenting her dance style, which is completely fine. Mm-hmm. Then he starts taking her out to eat alone for lunches. Damn, I want to get groomed. Sorry. Calling her. <laughs> Take me out to Applebee's. You can now, as a grown woman, okay. be groomed okay. by a date. Um, so at this point, he was taking her out um, Saying under the guise of "I'm going to mentor you," I have connections. Uh, I can help you with your career. Then he'd start to insert light sexual jokes into the lunches, to you know, a 15 year old while he was in his 20s. When he started convincing her to perform sex acts on him and with him, he made it out to seem like it wasn't a big deal. She trusted him. She looked up to him. She figured it must have not been a big deal. That just must be how grown ups act. That's how people behave when they're mature, right? Rosie says that when she got to her senior year in high school, she decided to switch dance studios because she didn't know how else to get away from him. And she felt so confused about everything that happened. It seems like he has a pattern of not just S.A., but convincing much younger, often minor pubescent age teens that they are sort of his girlfriend's. So it makes it even more confusing to them because they kind of think they might be in a relationship with him, Mm. but they don't really like what he's doing, but they also want his approval. It's like all of that stuff mixed together. You know, is this just what an adult relationship is like? And, you know, he said, I'm so mature and this must be because I'm really special. Yeah. And he's an adult. So the adults are always right. Yes. And kids are supposed to be seen and not heard. So I don't know. Yeah. So... That's what I take away from her, uh, what she was talking about. And one of the things that she did say is... Rosie recalls Mitchell saying he wanted to bend her over a stool and molesting her when she was a minor. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, Another woman, Danielle Gutierrez, certainly seems to have a similar recollection of her experience with Taylor Mitchell. Only this time it was around 2008, so a couple years later. She again was a teen, one heading towards legal adulthood, but still very much a child in high school. Again, now he is into his mid-20s, and he convinces her that he was coaching her and that eventually she was some form of a girlfriend to him. And it wasn't just the sexual grooming. it was She was also rather, uh, like, verbally abusive, and sometimes physically. He controlled her life. He dictated on what she was to do, on where she was allowed to go to college. He made her stay close to home, even though she didn't plan on it. He yelled at her frequently, uh, would not let her partner with other men in dance class or performance, and kind of made it under the guise that he was a boyfriend slash coach. Um He was so scary to her that she actually quit dance for a time to appease him and and to get him to stop, like, you know, acting like she was a whore for having partners in class. Oh, my God. See, this is why, like, if I go on a date and the guy's, like, even a slightly bit controlling, I pull out. I'm like, this isn't going to work. Even though, like, it might have been a 
innocuous or a mess up or oops, whatever, or maybe a slip, I can't. Because it leads to shit like this. It all starts from like, we'll go to a restaurant and like, I'm not hungry. We can only eat when I'm hungry. Like little things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely weird. Yeah. And it's so much more confusing when you're a teenager you just you want a lot a lot of times and this is f- speaking from my own experience you want to please that person yeah especially if you admire them he had a big amount of power in the dance world and dancing is what she wanted to do despite the fact she quit because of him for a while she's now a dancer again but um it, it you do want Even though you feel bad, you want that approval. You want to make that person like you. And it's almost the more cruel they become, the more you try to please them. Yeah. Um, So she still feels that fear of him 15 years later. I totally understand this, that even though you know you're safe, it almost feels like talking about this person is a curse of some sort. Like if you bring up their name, they're going to appear and napalm your life. And so... She didn't talk about it for a long time. But as Danielle is now a dance teacher, what, like what we were saying, she wants to tell her story to help young dancers understand boundaries and know what red flags are. That's good. I wonder how many women like before social media this shit happened to and they're like, well, I guess I got to push it down and like forget about it because you, have, you don't have the evidence. Well, you don't have the pictures. You don't have it's just my word against his. So I guess just don't talk about it because now I'm a whore. Well, when we started to have more of these conversations around 2016, it turns out there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. God, I know like a lot of older women that had that happen to them and they they're almost like angry at younger women. Oh yeah, for coming no. out and talking cuz it's like, well, I didn't get to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I've had that complete direct experience m- many times and I don't even a lot of times I try to give them some grace because yeah. I can't even imagine what they had to go through. I can't even fucking fathom. And I part of me understands why you want to just justify it when you've lived your whole life just being told that you have to go through that as part of being a woman. Yeah, cuz if you start saying that's not normal, now you're going to have to look at every single interaction in your life and be like, "Oh my god, I was hurt." Yeah. So it's just easier to be like, "That's normal." Yeah. For sure. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today.
So Gina Menachino, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Her story gets kind of worse, if that's even possible. And I do wonder if it is this is indicative of escalating behavior on his part or if there are just so many victims who we don't even know about that his pattern is all over the place. But Gina was even younger at age 13 in the year 2010. So again, another couple years later, younger kid when this happened. It would seem like there would at least be rumors circulating about this guy by that point um, in the dance world. There is apparently from what we've learned from these women, there was at least parents kind of being questioning about like this guy at the dance studio. And even if Rosie in 2006 was somehow his very first victim, which is unlikely, um, that's four years of bad behavior at the same studio that he was still able to be teaching. Um, what Was it that difficult? Was he that good at it? Or was somebody covering for him? I don't know. Um, why did he have so many years with so many people apparently spreading rumors about him. I don't know. I know that, again, the lady who owned the studio is no longer there, and I have no idea if she had any idea. But that's just, you know, But he's not on the website, so they probably fucking knew. Well, they definitely know now because they keep getting named in these articles. So they're just like, what's center stage? I don't know what that is. (laughs) Um, So... When Gina crossed paths with him in 2010, he was apparently building his name up pretty well on the other side of the spectrum. So he may have been getting rumors spread about him, but he was also working with really higher up people in the dance world and doing more conventions and stuff like that. The video I did find of him was, I believe, from the year 2010 of him teaching a class. Um, So Gina was over the moon when he singled her out. She was gifted and driven, and it's really a great honor to have a choreographer want to put something on you, which is just dance terminology for, like, a choreographer is inspired by your movement and wants to make choreography on you for the first time. That's very flattering. It is. And she was thrilled. Um, And it's also a perfect way for a child molester to get access alone to a kid. Mm -hmm. Because then you can say, oh, I'm going to work on a solo with her. Right. I need her to be here at night by herself. And then just claim she's a liar. Well, this wasn't something that she, I don't think, was open about immediately. So this was happening to her for a while, probably without even her parents understanding. Um, But it started pretty young. On her 14th birthday, he gave her a teddy bear sprayed with his cologne so she could feel like she was sleeping with him, she remembers. He devised reasons for them to be alone together. It went on for a year and a half. Oh, once yeah. my uncle gave me a teddy bear on my 16th birthday. Is that weird? Kind. And he's like, I want you to sleep with it. What? Yeah, he said that. That's, that's weird. That's very weird, Amber. All right, that's weird. Great. Putting that together. I was not allowed to be alone with him. You know what? That is weird. Yeah. All right. Great. Yuck. I'm sorry, Amber. I remember during Katrina, I was like, we were staying with them and it was like, I wasn't wearing a bra. And then my mom was like, you got to put your bra on because your uncle, he's he's dirty. And I was like, the world is dying around us. Like it was literally just storms whipping around the house and like you could see debris and it was scary. And I was like, I got to put a bra on during the apocalypse. 
But not only that, it's that it, it is such an age old, uh, like, hypo- you know, it's just hypo- hypocritical almost that we always put it the onus on the young girl. Like, don't tempt him. Don't tempt him. What? It, it's not going to be his fault. I, yeah, I never understood, like, when I was younger, I was like, why are the men, the the leaders, the rational ones, the more they important ones. they can't control. But then they like, can't control I can't themselves. stop grabbing breasts. Yeah, they seem like, really, these kind of guys just seem really, like, sex pests. They, they a lot of them are. And, and the thing is, a lot of them can control themselves, but they are given free reign to not have to worry about it because people will make excuses for them because yeah. they're God's, you know, God's speakers. Wow. God chose you to be the leader, huh? Yep, Weird how that worked out. Guys who grab boobies. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just objectively, what this is, what that little statement was from this, this now woman on her 14th birthday, he gave her teddy bear spare with his clothes. Not illegal. Yeah. Really fucking terrifying. Like, can you imagine being in your mid-20s and giving a, like a tween a teddy bear sprayed with your perfume? No, I'd be like, get away from me. Like, if a teenager was around me, I'd be like, go, go play outside. Yeah. Um... That is, it's like insidious because it's not illegal, but it's so fucking gross and wrong. But this is like the kind of behavior that will happen by child groomers. So it was that year, 2010, there was enough chatter about Taylor Mitchell, Taylor Moore, whatever, that he couldn't ignore it anymore. Uh, That the school, I should say, couldn't ignore it anymore. He was let go at that dance studio and he moved to London, allegedly from people giving testimony during this lawsuit because he said he was going to move to be with his girlfriend, Dusty. Um, Again, another reason for him to basically uh, turn it around if he wants to, saying, yeah, I wanted to go be with my girlfriend. They didn't didn't kick me out. I wanted to go to London. I wanted to leave the country and change my name. Sure. Um, (laughs) All right, buddy. Yeah. So... I also, at this point, my question is, were they already, was there a weird grooming thing going on? Did she decide to go to London because he wanted to leave the country? Because she was there first, but at whose command? I don't know. Was it actually something that she wanted? I don't know. Mm. Um, There are questions, you know, I just hope we have answers to at some point. Anyway, Gina kept quiet about the clear abuse that was happening to her for years because of course as an aspiring dancer not only did he even though he got let go of that from that studio did he he still held water in the dance community and he was also married to one of the biggest rising stars in the dance world so she didn't want to say anything she figured they would railroad her but the lingering dread that he was getting access to young dancers led her to try to file a, her own police report against him in 2018 this is several years before Sage opened up her case. So this is not a thing that Sage opened this lawsuit and all these girls are jumping on the bandwagon like he's trying to say. She tried to first do this years before Sage. Um, even though Dusty and her husband spent the you know latter part of 2022 and beginning of this year calling Sage a liar who was victimizing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just throwing her teenage breasts at us. I know can't what are you gonna do <laughs> unfortunately i guess your mom would tell tell them tell sage she needs to put a bra on 
Right. She wouldn't get molested. Um, Unfortunately, like so many cases of assault, detectives can't or won't help. Uh, Because in 2018, they said that they didn't have enough evidence to move forward. We're looking at you, Davi Vanity. (laughs) We'll never forget. We'll never let it go. And in Gina's case, she faced this fate that all of Davi Vanity's so far of that they just couldn't. They, they didn't have enough physical evidence, which is just a fun game. Um, too bad for you, Gina. So sad. But after that attempt at filing charges, she began to not keep all of this in her secrets anymore, not keep it in her chest. She began telling people about what he had done to her, not holding out. She decided, I'm not going to hold on to somebody else's shame for them. And since Gina was doing rather well in the dance world, it was only a degree or two away from Sage Humphreys. And they had a connection who put Gina in touch with Sage. And now she's a part of this suit, even though she didn't know Dusty at all, as far as I know. And the the accusations that she made are much grosser than just the weird teddy bear and the cologne thing. They get pretty dark. Gina says when she was 13, when Mitchell sent her videos of himself masturbating, ordering her to delete them in case they were discovered by her parents. He molested her twice in 2010, it's alleged. So, I love it. It's just crazy how somebody can have this much control over your life. You know, and I've had it happen to me before with guys. And you look back and you're like... How? How did this? And it's just those little bitty things. They mm-hmm. start off really small. And then before you know it, it's like he's sending you videos of him masturbating, being like, delete it because your parents might find out. Yeah. And, and I you're mean, like, OK, baby, yeah, I'm sorry. At 13, you, you don't just, know. You're going to yes and you don't know shit. You don't even know shit when you're like 20. So there are several other in- victims involved in this suit. The people I've named so far are the ones who's who's, um, you know, who've been forward-facing, using their full name, speaking out on their own social media along with Sage. Um, there is, There does seem to be at least one other of Dusty students uh, who is being called Jane 100 right now who has been exposed to Mitchell Taylor in this sort of manner, which is really a bummer. Oh, God. Um, so, again, she's remaining anonymous and she is being known as Jane 100, um, but it is much like his previous M.O. According to the expanded lawsuit filed last week, Dusty Button allegedly told Jane Doe 100, a minor at the time, that she and her husband could make the young dancer a star. The couple promised her a variety of professional opportunities if she did as they said, according to the complaint. After inviting Jane Doe 100 to a party in Boston around 2014, the Buttons brought her back to their Somerville apartment where Taylor Button allegedly sexually assaulted her while Dusty Button restrained her in a gun-lined room, according to court documents. I mean, just say no. Yeah, there's guns everywhere. The guns are going to keep coming up, and we can talk about this because it is... I'm I'm so irritated by what their defense is about the guns in the gun room. Um, the gun room. Come yeah. on, you're dancers. What are you doing? It's it, it's a whole it's a whole ass section of this where I'm just like, are you kidding me with what you're trying you're trying to say as your defense? Yeah. So this is sort of um, one of this is the the Jane 100 is uh, something that I. I'm so worried about, which is that I, I don't know how under control, uh, under his thumb, Dusty really is, but she 
has so many girls alone in a room. Well, not anymore, but for years. I mean, was she just like trafficking them to him? How many are there? I I can't imagine it's just these. No, it's got to be way more. (sighs) But so this Jane 100 is saying she was one that Dusty, like, she was a young dancer with a specific company that's outside of Boston. I don't really want to name them just because I don't think they have a whole lot to do with this. But she was a young pre-professional ballet dancer that Dusty took interest in. And basically this girl and who says she was a minor, uh, you know, Dusty and the husband took this minor and like basically essayed her saying like luring her basically saying we can make you famous or whatever. So, yeah, um, for what it's worth, uh, the buttons deny knowing Jane 100. However, I find it hard to believe anything that's coming out of their mouths, or I should say Mitchell Taylor's mouth, because he generally seems to be doing the speaking for the couple. And it's pretty evident, like I said, that he's the author of the Justice for the Buttons website. (laughs) So the plaintiff, there is another plaintiff who used her name, but she's the one who we mentioned last episode who's removed herself from the suit. Her name is Juliet Doherty. Um, I'm not going to dwell on her since she took herself from the suit, but I do want to mention her because she's not removed because she's recanting her statement. She says it is because she is receiving tons of online harassment from the couple, Mm. in which I am sure is a complete coincidence. The Justice for the Buttons website slandering all the women seems to have popped up just before Juliet removed herself from the lawsuit. So... They are named on this website. They do name every all seven women and give different reasons why they're all lying whores. That's kind of like doxing them. Kind of. I mean, the, she do, they don't give out the Jane 100 and 200s names, but they he's basically set. <laughs> Is anybody so like stupid. looking at this website being like, yeah, yeah, she's a whore. And then like, you know, calling up these women and like sending them angry messages. Like, do you not have a life? I don't think they have a lot of people doing that. However, they are doing it to these women. Um, the things that they're doing and saying about Sage is really repulsive. And it's basically like this website is ridiculous. He He's made YouTube videos for the first couple. And then he has basically like templates for videos he's going to put out about the other women. It, it, ver- it reads very much like Scientology and how, you know, people who come out against the church, they make whole websites about like what pieces of shit they are and like literally just make stuff up. Um, mm. So I'm sorry. Do you do you not understand? I guess if you are displaying sort of narcissistic traits and I know we just like throw out medical terms a lot, but. It does seem like he has somewhere in that realm because he can't understand that putting up a page that has seven different women accusing you and then that in itself makes you look so bad. That looks bad on him. But he thinks he's like clearing his name by like slandering all of them. So much drama. Um, So this woman, Julia Doherty, she's now pulled herself from the lawsuit, but... um, She herself is a professional ballerina and also pretty successful actress. Um, She has a large online following in her own right, as big as Dusty's. And her claims are 
Julia Doherty claimed she was left incapacitated after the Buttons slipped drugs into her drink at a pool party. This left her powerless to fend off Dusty, who molested her beneath the water, according to the lawsuit. Doherty says she tried to run away but slipped and fell before locking herself inside a bathroom to escape. That sounds terrifying. Like, I'm thinking of, like, being in that situation and just, like so powerless and I don't know what to do I guess I'll just lock myself in a bathroom where like yeah. this is three feet of space where I can't be molested it's very scary again um, it seems like they were maybe on a boat don't get on a boat don't get on a boat so the buttons are uh, as their MO uh, claiming that she just wanted Dusty's fame in that she, it was actually because she was just embarrassed having sex with a woman and it was consensual and she just got embarrassed about it. Who would get embarrassed by having sex with a woman? Women are beautiful. I don't, there's really, there's no evidence that I've seen to, uh, you know, verify what they're saying about this. And also, this woman is already pretty famous. Like, she doesn't need D- Dusty's. Yeah. It's, if anything, it's kind of like ruining her life. Being a part of law, the lawsuit. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, was that, that's so funny to like start a rumor and be like, she's a lesbian. Like, who's going to be like, we're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like it's 1995. Who and, gives a shit? Like, nobody cares. <laughs> there is a Jane Doe 200 as well. And that Jane Doe is also named in the suit. And it is another from Mitchell Taylor, Taylor Moore, Buttons, past in Florida. She also was a minor at this time. She alleges that he molested her in part during a scary movie that he had them watch together. Um, from what I can gauge, she was also a dancer. And um, her – a lot of the claims she has are violent. We're going to be discussing some of their claims at the end of this episode. Um According to police records provided by the plaintiff's lawyer, another dancer from the same Tampa studio reported to police in 2012 that Mr. Button had sexually assaulted her numerous times, some of them at her home. That case did not result in criminal charges either, in part because of a lack of supporting physical evidence, records say. So this accusation, as far as we know publicly, because not everything's been released yet, is not Jane Doe 200, it is another person who tried to bring charges against him from that studio in 2012. And the reason that we have this information is because the the Sage's attorney, whose name is Sigrid McCauley, found these official police reports. So she dug them out. So this is another person what? who has accusations against him. And like they're not they probably didn't even know the other girls. No, this is all this is something that like obviously a young like a parent from this minor back in 2012 in Florida tried to also make accusations against him and there just wasn't enough physical evidence and it got dismissed. So that's a lot of people making police reports about one person. Yeah, like people that don't know each other that aren't connected. I mean, they're connected through dance, but like they don't, they're not gossiping like these witches, hags do. They're like women all over the place. They're like, hey, he's a problem. He's a problem. Women who have very solid and like foundational lives, who have their own, you know, skill sets and children and like stable homes. It's not, not that. I don't want to say stable in that like people who have fucked up lives can't be telling the truth. But I mean, people who have a lot of things to lose. 
are are coming forward with these accusations. So this makes me crazy when because there's always the the people that are like, well, if a woman makes an accusation and accuse a man and she's a liar, she should go to jail. How many times have women accused and been like, this happened to me, and then no one believes her? There isn't enough right. evidence, whatever. So if you can't find the right evidence, does she go to jail in this scenario? Yeah, it's so tricky, all of that, because um, I, I, can't, I don't ever want to come across saying that that can't happen. It because can. some people occasionally can make stuff up. It's, it's very easy to discern pretty quickly if there is at least grounds for something to seem pretty valid. For example, seven to eight separate accusations across the span of 13 years is almost impossible to be all lies. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any logical sense, especially because some of these lawsuits or the, you know, um, charges were dropped, but like very similar pattern behavior in the lawsuits to these things that people tried to charge him with 10 years ago. Yeah. And they don't know each other. Like that that doesn't make any sense for that to all be fake. So th- I think that we can we do always need to look at these tr- as as without emotion as possible. Yeah. Because we don't want people who didn't do something to go to jail, but that's very rare. Yeah, it's so rare, but people, they act like it always happens. It I doesn't. think they just hate women. Well, I mean, yes. I think there's a lot of the people that contempt, spout that. But yeah. yes. And sometimes women say that shit, too. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, how? Are you so lost? I think it's easier It's easier to, to not accept that it's real because then you have to sort of, again, it's like with the older women and the older generation, sometimes... People who are molesting people are people you like or your family or um, things that will disrupt your life. And so it's easier to sort of just ignore it or be like, she's lying or he's lying or whatever. Um, That's what I I think. But I think you're right. So Sage's attorney, Sigrid McCauley, who's also representing the other women in this lawsuit, she is the one, like I said, who presented forth this 2012 police report that is completely isolated from the other accusations. And it does detail how a girl from that studio had come forward at the time to accuse Mitchell of abusing her numerous times in the in the this thing they tried to file mm-hmm. 11 years ago. Mm. Um, Sigmund, Sigrid McCauley is, is likely best known to most people as the attorney who helped take down Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Ooh, good for them. Representing Virginia Jufri. Um, we spoke on Virginia way back in season one on our Ghislaine episode. She was one of the first women to disrupt her entire life to get Jeffrey Epstein in jail. Um, so this that is the, that woman's... Uh, that is Virginia Jufri's attorney who's also now Sage's attorney. And in typical Buttons fashion, they have claimed that this actually proves they're innocent somehow because they're saying Sage saw this woman being interviewed on TV and reached out to her, thus proving Sage wanted attention. Meanwhile, insane people's rational world, what that says to me is that Sage knew what a crazy uphill battle this would be and that she would need somebody who can handle a fight like uh, she had to do with Virginia because it was almost impossible what she was going to have to try to do to prove this wealthy, powerful man was doing all this shit with all these connections. 
And when Sage reached out to her, Sigrid McCauley took this on, which is, then says to me that she saw that this was not frivolous. Like Sigrid McCauley wouldn't take something on that had no grounds. Yes. She wouldn't be like, yeah, we're going to get him. Yeah, she's a big time lawyer. It's ridiculous to me. Meanwhile, um, the Buttons attorney, who was their attorney until October 2022 when they say that they ran out of money, is a man named Mark Randaza, uh, who I think we're going to talk more about next episode. He's what you'd call a piece of work. He sounds like he'd have a like a cheap suit and lots of jewelry on his hands. Yeah. Let's just say for now that he is a commentator on InfoWars. Uh, uh. And he has made a name for himself representing neo-Nazis. Uh. Like openly proud neo-Nazis. He calls himself a First Amendment attorney. What? So. <laughs> you, I hate it that they have all these people like in power in places. I don't know. I mean, you know, I just, <clears throat> this kind of guy exists. He always has existed. He's There's always going to be an attorney who wants to fight for people who everyone hates. Yeah. Because that is a career move and it probably makes you pretty rich. Um, but that is that was who was defending the buttons until October. I once had, and was, then they took all their money, and then they didn't have any more, and so he's not representing them anymore. I'm glad he took all their money and ran. I guess I'm supporting that little this little <laughs> piece of shit there. I was sitting in a bar one time, and this guy comes up, and he's like, "What are you, 35?" And I was like, "What? You know, not that 35 is older. It's just like a weird thing to say." It's of like, course, it's a weird thing to say. Like the first thing you say, and I was like, "Uh," and he he just gave me like bad vibes the whole time. Like I did not enjoy being around him. And he's like, "Yeah, I, I hang out with this 40 year old woman. She's really hot, and I hang out with a 20 year old, and she's really hot, but she's kind of dumb." Anyways, I'm a lawyer, and I work for the companies. So, and he pointed to the bartender, and he said, "So if this bartender slipped and fell." right now and tried to sue I would counter sue him and I'd work for the company and he like smiled he had like a big shit and grin and I just like sat there and I didn't give him any any attention and he, he starts going crazy and he's like look at me talk to me Ugh. somebody talk to me and I just like kept like my face forward so men like this was his name Mark Randazzi maybe they just want attention like any attention is good attention so of course they're saying like oh these women that file these cases for rape they all want attention because they're projecting on their own shitty lives well yeah also I mean with this kind of guy he may not believe the buttons but his point is to win this so yeah. He doesn't care whether or not they're telling the truth. He wants to make it a win because it would be really difficult to beat this many women's charges. Like, he wants to do it to show what a great attorney he is, that, like, he'll defend the indefensible and he'll still win. Right. And people do deserve a trial. Everyone they do. deserves a trial. It's part of our justice system, and the, these kind of attorneys kind of need to exist. Yes. But there's there's probably a likelihood he doesn't necessarily believe what they're do what he's peddling it's just his job to do that and he doesn't care because some people who get into the law don't have any like moral center <laughs> so no. um i'm going to look up his face it's probably what you'd imagine oh yeah he's grimy looking yeah he looks like he would defend alex jones which he does um you know smarmy is the word He's got a, a very, like, weaselly smile. Yeah, smarmy. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> this is some of the Buttons defenses that they started out doing with this attorney, but have now taken it upon themselves by putting, I guess, their website out. 
Uh, they have many, many counterclaims um, that they're making. Many of them, like I said, sort of look like the Always Sunny meme with the the, the string, you know, the string board. Right. Um, first and foremost, they attack Sage more than anybody, and they mostly focus on Sage and a lot of times ignore the other accusations, except now on this website he's put up the templates of the videos he's going to put up about the other women. Um, you just have to look at this you should, here, pull it up. It's called justiceforthebuttons.com. I'm putting it out there because, not because I want to anybody to look at this slander, but because of how how insane it looks. PSA, Sage Humphreys is evil. This is like those flyers on the side of the road that's like, God is coming back. Mm-hmm. This is like the same energy. It is. Um, so Sage Humphreys actually begged the Buttons to have sex with Taylor Button. What? Yeah. So if you scroll through, it looks pretty unhinged. And then you see you go down and each of them have either a video or they have about to like coming soon video that's going to reveal every single one of these women who's come out. And he's just like, yeah, they're all lying. All of them are liars and they're jealous of me. Disgusting. This kind of guy, he looks like the guy at like the Club One Oak, which is a very yeah. underage girls go there all the time. And he just looks like he would spike your drink. Well, he, th- people have accused him of that. So, God, go with your guts. Um, so a lot of what they have been putting in here is also what they they had. I, I mentioned it last week. There was a couple Daily Mail articles that came out that were sort of in favor of them, but it was kind of funny because they still put in all of the horrific accusations against him in the article. But it was the one I showed you of the photos of them like holding hands, being like, the buttons are innocent. <laughs> um, so a lot of that showed up in those articles as well. But so the the many there are many claims, but first and foremost, they keeps exposing different Snapchat conversations and texts between them and Sage when they were in that thruple thing, who again seems to be their biggest target. Their screenshot screenshots largely consist of messages from Sage pronouncing her undying love to Dusty and Taylor, many of them obsessive and bordering on hysterical. Do you want to read some of those? Yeah. To the loves of my life, I'm finally in bed. I cleaned up all of everything and I'm ready for her to come in now. I just want you both to know that leaving this morning felt like torture. I know with all my heart where I'm supposed to be, and it's with you. I want to show you how dedicated I am, and I want to show you that I can be trusted. You have given me so much and have selfishly poured your hearts into me. I am forever grateful for that love, for the time, and for you two amazing people. I am lucky, and I want you both to feel how much I value this relationship. I won't leave you. I won't compromise. I am yours. So this is crazy. So she Sage wrote this. Yes. So I'm 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 having you read these not to mock Sage by any stretch. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Dusty. That's why I read it like that. No, no, no. Sorry. No, but it is read like that because it's what an 18 year old says, but it's usually. An 18-year-old saying that to another teenager because yeah, this is a childlike thing to say. They're dramatic, yeah. It's, it's like when we saw that movie with the they're fighting in Japan and they're like, I just want to say you look really cool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> talking about um, uh, battle. Um, what's it called? Oh, Bay battle Royale. Wait, why does that sound wrong? It's battle royale, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it, 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 and it's not something that, you know, teenagers are usually saying to 31-year-old men, or they are, and they're being groomed, you know, groomed in a weird relationship. Um, you know, it's this sort of stuff. So they're showing all of these these texts between them, trying to say, well, see, we didn't do anything because she's obsessed with us. Um <laughs> This is, again, an 18-year-old girl who had just moved across the country who was moved into their home, a married couple, um, who round out at about age 30. Um, and then here's another thing he has posted to try to prove his innocence. It's a text of her handing over her passwords to him, and his defense is that she was into it. Oh, yeah, she's giving out the passwords. Whoa. So, to me, this is not a thing that shows that he is innocent. It shows that a 31-year-old man is taking the passwords from an 18-year-old yeah. and his, of her social media. His texts before then are like, could we have you on this beach before Monday morning and you could never look back? Ew, what man says this to a child? We don't give you ultimatums. All of the, the messaging between them is alarming and red flaggy. But I think because he doesn't understand that, he thinks that this is somehow going to make him look better. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. This is after, uh, we're going to talk about what this means, but this is after she has been taken back by her parents. So this is Sage writing this. Tay, my parents are freaking out. They heard my song and immediately jumped to conclusion that we have been communicating. They want to take away everything from me again. I am distraught. They cannot take away my feelings for you and Dusty. So just know that. They don't know I've been using Snapchat, so at least I still have a slight edge. This is my worst day, after the best day of my life. Somehow my parents know exactly how to crush anything I build up. So, um, does that sound like an adult? Writing? No. This is like a kid that, like, desperate for their own, like, Mom, Dad, you don't know. You don't get it. So the parent's freaking out. So she's basically saying, my parents are, they won't let me talk to you. This is in reference to how Sage was removed from the Buttons household. Sage's parents had become concerned with their daughter's relationship with the Buttons. And after initially believing that this couple had taken Sage under their wing and was protecting her... 
as a child that she really was. They were okay with this relationship. Sage started exhibiting disturbing behavior and it became somewhat evident that they were involved in some kind of sexual relationship. Sage's parents even signed off on their daughter moving in with the couple before this, thinking again that they were looking out for her. That sounds like something. I definitely my mom, when I was moving to New York, she wrote Donald Trump a letter to be like, can Amber come live with you and you protect her? What? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. She wrote him a hand letter. Wait. My daughter's moving to New York. So, like, I can see a parent being like, but the man, he'll protect her. Wait when, a like, second. He's the guy that's bad. But when you moved there. I was like 22. Yeah, so but older. like he wasn't the pre. He was just on The Apprentice, right? Yeah. He was just, she just like liked him already back then. What? Yeah. Amber. I'm getting some really interesting things from your life in this episode. <laughs> so your mom did that just because he was on The Apprentice and she likes him? She, he, You know, the Trump Tower. He, you Wow. Know, she like saw him as this powerful, protective man. That she, is fascinating. Yeah, she wrote him a letter. I always noticed uh, now when I go back and like watch any shows, listen to music, um, movies, it's it's kind of shocking how often his name is mentioned and stuff randomly. Oh, my God. And it's yes. like he's sort of that's almost the most brilliant part about him. He somehow leaked himself so deeply into the zeitgeist that like people were just like, yes, him. That's him right. I like. Yeah, that's the name that I've heard many, many, many times. But he just was able to like get his way into in references on shows Mad and about songs, you. everything. You if you go back and watch stuff from the 90s and 2000s, it will be haunting how many times his name is brought up. I could never be a time traveler. I saw Mad About You and they're like, you'll never guess who I saw on the sales rack at Neiman Marcus. Trump. And I was like, I would be like, you guys have no clue. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Stop saying it. Um, You're giving him more power. Yeah, but she wrote him a letter. So like parents think that sometimes. Like, here's an older man that's going to come take care of my daughter and he's probably going to be the one that's going to come fuck her up. Yeah, And, and this is... I think Sage's parents, it's a married couple. The the le- the prima ballerina in their company, why would she ever be worried about that, right? Like, she would go like, of course, yeah, please take care of my daughter. Yeah. Not going, I'm worried they're going to be in a thruple. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They probably don't know what that word means. Right. And so um, the text, so basically, at, at first, Sage's parents were like, fine with it. Um, this text below is something that Taylor himself has posted on this website as this as if this somehow makes him look better. My crazy mom just texted me. I am pretty sure this is a threesome and I'm completely weirded out by it. You've known them for three months. Yeah, that just accuses him. Yeah. And he, I think, posts it thinking, see, her mom's crazy. <laughs> her mom's acting like a lunatic. And his, her, her mom was just like, I'm worried. Yeah. About what's happening here. And she's like, this is when she's still de like, so basically whenever she was pulled away by her parents, this was 2017, she was hysterical. Like literally the the ballet company assisted and having her pulled out and taken from the theater to her parents. And this is right before they dismissed Dusty because there was something clearly wrong happening. And so the, they allowed her parents to come in and literally remove her take her in a car and move her back to California to get therapy. Oh, my God. That's how scary it was to everybody, what was happening. 
So it wasn't just like this isolated thing with Sage or Sage and her parents. Other people knew what was going on. And so this is him trying to be like, her mom's fucking psycho, just pulling her away. Meanwhile, she's like barely 19 years old at this point and, and has lost her mind. And so he's trying to paint her parents as obsessive instead of deeply concerned with their daughter's safety. Mitchell Taylor, more button dusty and dusty, have also publicly thrown out baseless accusations that it was, in fact, Sage's parents who were sexually exploiting her and trafficking her. What? There is thus far no evidence to these claims. Just saying stuff. So very shortly after all of this is playing out, Dusty was sent this letter by Boston Ballet. Dear Dusty, after consideration, we have decided to terminate your employment from Boston Ballet for just cause effective today. Enclosed with a hard copy of this letter, you will find a check covering your pay for today, May 22nd. 2017. We will send any personal belongings currently stored at the ballet to you earlier this week. You or your husband should not return to any Boston Ballet's facilities, including the Boston Opera House, while the ballet is performing or rehearsing there. That's a big deal. So, yeah, Dusty was their star. And they sent her a letter saying, do not show back up in this theater. Yeah, here's your money. Get out. That's... A lot. And it's like a star. That's someone that you put time and money into. You wouldn't just arbitrarily be like, get out of here. Well, she also made them a lot of money. And it was bad enough that they made it so that they were like, you have to get out and not come back. Like, this is big. She can't even go to the opera. And <laughs> and and Taylor Dusty Moore Button is acting like all of this is because Sage, Sage did this to all of us and everyone. Dusty was, you know, like not permitted to come back to the theater because Sage made a story up. That's not how this works. They don't tear apart their company and like assist the parents of this young woman to take her away from they were she was about to perform. They pulled her out of the theater. They don't do this because Sage made a story up. (laughs) They need to have some severe evidence going on. So. Taylor Mitchell goes on to use increasingly manic texts from Sage on his We're we're Innocent website um, after her parents retrieved her as this evidence, right? Like, this is why she's lying. Um, The texts sound increasingly hysterical and kind of unhinged, almost like a very young person who's been conditioned to have obsessive love over an older couple. Ew, he's in the middle. He looks so gross. Sorry, this picture. Another tactic that he's been using is him posting pictures of the couple with Sage smiling and having fun. So you have this one you're looking at where they're both kissing his cheek. Yeah. Here's one where she's about to go on stage. Um, He looks gross. Like his face, his smile, his eyes. I don't like him. No. Um, here's one that, uh, the one under here, I'll post some of these on our, our socials. This is them along with Sage's mom. So this is him being like, see, she thought it was fine, which she did initially think it was fine. She thought that they were like helping her daughter, her daughter be safe. So this is all of him trying to say, look, see, every, everything was cool. Everybody was fine. I don't know what everybody's problem is. Um, but, and as Taylor consistently, repeatedly points out, 
them having sex with her is not technically illegal. That's right. You can spray cologne on that little bear and give it to a child. Legal. Legal. However, it is predatory and gross, and you shouldn't have to preface most anything you do in your life with, quote, technically legal. (laughs) That's advice for all of us. If you're looking at something and you're going, well, I guess that's technically legal, probably you should step, take a step back and maybe just like review what's going on. <laughs> um, here's, oh, and also, you know, uh, one of the reasons that I don't accept this as evidence, here's another photo of a young woman smiling. Oh, this is Gizelaine. I'm showing a picture of Virginia Jufri. I'm showing a picture of Virginia Jufri being gripped by Prince Andrew. With Galene on the other side, staring. All of them are just filled with big, teethy grins. These photos don't mean anything. It doesn't refute the other evidence. Just because you have photos with this girl smiling with you in them, it doesn't mean shit. We're pretty much run out of time for this episode, but I wanted to mention the gun thing quickly. The gun room. So there have been multiple accusations from multiple people that there's use of guns in a, in a haunting way. And there is this room that we see lots of pictures of with all of these, like, uh, you know, just like uh, allegedly BB guns and stuff, but they they look like AKs. They look like big semi-automatic rifles and stuff um, up on the wall. And there have been people who've been, who've claimed they were held at gunpoint um, while he assaulted them, all these kind of different things. It's not just Sage. And... His main defense of this is that all of those guns in those photos are fake and everybody knows they're fake. Um, He showed some close ups of some of them that have the orange tips, which signifies they're fake. However, and he also put up receipts for buying the BB guns or whatever. Another technically legal thing. But my thing is. First off, not everybody's going to understand what a fake gun is. Also, a BB gun is scary. Yeah. Also. Just because you have receipts for fake guns doesn't mean you don't also have real guns. And he's trying to use this. Look, these receipts, these guns are fake. Great. Maybe you do have fake guns. Doesn't mean you don't have other guns. That's not a fucking. (laughs) What are you talking about? I know. Also, a gun room. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely creepy. And I'm not going to say like, oh, that means he's guilty or he's a, you know, a predator because he has a wall of guns. But if you do have a wall of guns, even if you say that they're BB guns or they're airsoft guns, it would be kind of bizarre for you to also not own real guns. Yeah. You're just like, I like the I just like the aesthetic. (laughs) I don't like the weapons. I just think that they're really cool looking. I don't believe you. I don't believe that that's true. Um so the guns come up a lot and he cry, he he's he just like is so stuck on this idea like he's so mad that they would dare be afraid of this wall of guns. It's it's crazy. Um he's a manipulative emotional little prick. I I find him to be personally uh my opinion especially because looking at this website he put out it doesn't make me feel like he's less guilty no. certainly. Um so beyond all of this all of these accusations they're making about Sage wanting the attention and wanting Dusty's life and all this stuff. She's she's doing fine in her life. She's not 
somebody who's acting erratic otherwise. She went through counseling at her home, was invited back to Boston Ballet. She was just promoted to second soloist, which is a normal trajectory for a dancer. Dusty became principal like two years, really unusual. She is slowly working her way up through the company, works really hard, is a beautiful dancer. She has a long-term boyfriend. Nothing about her suggests that she is a chaotic person in other ways. Um, Nothing reeks of a, like a, you know, fucking Alicia Silverstone's The Crush psycho teenager wanting to ruin a married couple's beautiful life God, so many men wish that girl came in their life. (laughs) Let's be honest. I mean, Alicia Silverstone is a gorgeous woman. Yeah. I get it. Gorgeous 16-year-old to come and, like, want (laughs) to threaten to fuck you? Oh, no. No, not, not that. But they also, like put like beheaded birds on your front door they love that even more they love crazy women that's true don't trust these men when they say they want a polite they want an insane 16 year old slut at their door certain men I think a lot of the men that you watch on Twitter maybe (laughs) but you can't use that as like a baseline broad statement yes I'm I apologize no no you're fine (laughs) um (laughs) like for example Ryan doesn't our producer doesn't no he doesn't (laughs) Um, <laughs> I beheaded a dog for you. They would love it. They'd get rock hard. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to indicate that Sage is that kind of person. Um, and it's also not like she's trying to be Dusty. She is not like Dusty. Like, nothing about her indicates she's like Dusty. She doesn't even, she's not trying to look like her. It's not single white female shit. She's just living her own life doing ballet shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, I want to kind of end it here. Uh, I was going to I'm, I'm going to leave us at the very end of this. I want to give you some quotes of some of the things that the girls are claiming happened to them from Taylor Mitchell Buttonmore butthole uh, in the lawsuit itself. Things that they have quoted saying he has done to them. But um, next, I just want to say next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about their attorney because it's wild. And then I want to talk about another woman who had a lot of power and fame and notoriety. Her name's Gloria Trevi. And she ended up helping traffic women to a man in her life. Um, same, Very similar dynamic. Who She was a big, huge pop star. Should have had all the reasons to not have to do that. And it still happened. And so I want to look at that same power dynamic there. Yeah. But I'm going to leave you with some... We'll, we'll tell... Uh, just. We're just going to say some of the things that these women are claiming happened to them by Taylor Moore Button Mitchell Butthead. He began to make explicitly sexual comments towards her. He regularly told her that he wanted to take her virginity. He instructed her not to tell anyone, including her mother, about his comments and behavior that were sexual in nature. He hugged her and then groped her breasts. He touched her leg and eventually began rubbing her vagina without her consent. He then grabbed her hand and forced her to touch his penis. He used his position of power and authority over her to force her to comply with his sexual demands. He physically abused her at least three times a week, including by punching and kicking her in the stomach and squeezing her until she could not breathe and her nose bled. He pulled out a knife and put it to her throat. He told her he would kill himself and her family in front of her if she ever tried to leave him. He told her via Snapchat that he wanted to throw her in his van, tie her hands and feet, blindfold her, rent a warehouse, hang her from the ceiling, rape her, and leave her there to die. 
He coerced her into sex through intimidation, emotional abuse, and by exploiting their unequal power dynamic. They would insist that she drank heavily when she was with them. He then forced her to perform oral sex on him. She was terrified. Dusty held up her phone in a manner that indicated to her that she was recording the rape. The abuse intensified. They instructed her to lie down on a table and they tied up her arms and legs so she was unable to move. They began having sex with her whenever they pleased. So, you know, this is still all alleged, but where there's smoke, there's usually fire, and that is a lot of smoke. So we will be back next week. We are still, despite all of that, Saucy Pert and Greasy. I'm Natalie Jean. Amber Smelson. We'll see you next time. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.